what's up guys welcome back to another episode of liberty diner dish Alrighty, i'm ken i'm michelle and we're about to dive right into another episode of queers folk so before we jump into this one we're at 107 uh, we do want to give a huge shout out, send some good vibes to our good friend, Christy. Yes, absolutely. Who is a part of the Liberty Diner Dish team. She um, helps with our Facebook stuff and just a lot of other background stuff. So, Christy, thank you for all thank that you, you love. do. <laughs> absolutely. It's a trio thing. Trio thing. Um, okay. We're going to dive deep into episode 107. Yes. This one was good in a different way. Like, I really loved 106. But this one, yeah, equally good, but just in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> that I sense. loved it because it had a lot of drama in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it. and it just kind of moved some things forward and, like, shifted some things. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and get to it. Right. We're going to start out with my favorite dynamic duo, and that's Daphne and Justin. Yes. <laughs> and they are at a tattoo parlor, uh, and we find out Justin is going in to get a piercing. But yes. before that, I just like this little banter because she's like, I can't believe you're doing this for your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's not my boyfriend. I don't do boyfriends. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. Brian Kenny is already rubbing off on our innocent baby Justin. <laughs> he okay. is, yeah. This is what Jennifer feared. Yes. But um, I think like with that and then even in the episode, I think it was 104, um, when he tells her after, you know, the issue with Chris when they're in the the storage room or whatever, mm. he tells her, Girl. well, you know, that was just sex. That's, I know the difference. It's that he's learning these things from Brian. And I think that's probably pretty common when you are dating someone who's much older than you. Absolutely. You kind of start adopting some of their philosophies. Oh, that's factual for sure. <laughs> I mean, my partner's older and I definitely, you know, adapted all of his little mannerisms. Uh, yeah. I mean, just all of his little knowledge. Uh-huh. I mean, you're so impressionable at that young age. So. Yeah. And especially for Justin, who... I mean, the person that he is linked to is Brian, who has been on the scene and Fast is like track. killing the scene. Killing. <laughs> so uh, clearly that would be somebody that he would try to like make his role model. But I think time will tell which of those philosophies Justin really subscribes mm-hmm. to and which ones he's just kind of faking for now. I just love that Justin puts the S on his chest and he goes out, <laughs> yeah. I mean, 100% every single time. Yeah. I mean, he's fearless. He doesn't need a crew. He got Daphne. Yeah. And hell, he's building a crew. <laughs> yeah, you know? he is. Well, and even here, like Daphne's trying to discourage him with these horror stories she's heard about piercings and whatnot. And he like does urban not care. Legends. He will not be deterred. Yeah. No. <laughs> Dismisses. Yeah, urban legend. I don't care. I said I'm doing this. It's what I said last episode. He will bulldoze over you Absolutely. if he's made up in his mind he's doing something. So he does go ahead and get uh, his a little piercing. And then we leave from that scene and we go over to uh, the Liberty Diner with uh, Dr. David and Michael. They are such a beautiful couple. Every time <laughs> I see them together, I just get warm. I smile. I just... I'm in love with Dr. David. Well, He's- I think there's such a newness to this, and we've not seen a couple, like, I guess, starting out fresh and really trying to build something, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, Ted wanted that, but we, we of course, yeah, saw it- the problems with it last time because he wasn't, it wasn't based on the right thing. Mm-mm. And then... Emmett doesn't have it and Brian He's doesn't want it. For it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we get like this fresh look at a couple that's trying to build something. So I like that scene. No, yeah, it was it was really good. And it, it wasn't over there. I love how Debbie just ended yeah. up coming in. And like you said before, 
her personality is so large. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's everything. And I love when she found out um, the his career, yeah. uh, what Dr. <laughs> David does, and her reaction was priceless. I mean, yeah. it, was, it, it was almost a little um, gold diggerish. A little bit. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, all for it. Yeah, well, and at first, Dr. David kind of looks surprised that that would be Michael's mom, mom which who wouldn't mm -hmm. be, looking at the two of them, you know. Michael looks square, clean cut, Debbie, red hair, Pins everywhere, gum chewing, yeah. popping lips. I mean, she low key ratchet, and I'm here for it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but Dr. David is smart. He knows you get in good with the mom if you want to get in good with the son. Absolutely. If you want to get it in with the son. <laughs> but um, Michael is narrating in this episode, and he says that you know everybody wishes they had a boyfriend, and he's like, well, why don't we? And he says, really, because because we're afraid we can't even commit to a house plant, mm -hmm. and so I think we kind of see Michael is like warring with what he thinks he wants, but what he knows he fears. Mm -hmm. And so as much as he wants a real relationship and wants commitment, that frightens the crap out of him. Which it scares a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, people, sometimes your um, imagination or your conscience can be your own worst enemy. Exactly. You know? Like, and I, it happens to me all the time. I second guess, second guess everything. Uh -huh. And I could be ruining my blessings. You know? And <laughs> yeah. that's what Michael well, potentially And he's doing. got no example of it around him, even though it's in him, like he's a romantic and it's in him to want that. He has no example of it. Like his mom is single. Yeah. His um, uncle's single. His uncle's single. All, of all his, friends. his friends are single. Exactly. So he's the first one who's kind of striking out into mm -hmm. it. Well, then, so Debbie, after he helps her with, um, take some pressure off her knees or her back, uh, she invites him over to dinner because uh -huh. she's like, oh, good man for my son. Let me feed you. <laughs> for real. Doctor, mm, I'm yeah. cooking for you. I'm cooking. You coming home? You gonna get a home-cooked meal? Yeah, so that's one mother-son interaction. And then we go over to another one that is not so bubbly, and mm. that is at the Taylor's house. And we find out that Jennifer is telling Craig about Justin. And I understand where she's coming from. She's yeah. scared. She's, mm -hmm. She literally witnessed her son with a full grown, grown man. Yeah. And, um, and now it's time to get him involved, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because... It was, it'll create tension in her home if she mm -hmm. does it. And so on the one hand, I'm like, Jennifer, you knew that he was going to react terribly to this because she kept saying, like you said yeah. last time, what if his father finds out or I hope his dad doesn't know or whatever. So she knew what to expect from Craig's reaction. But she probably was like, it's better if I tell him than he find out like right. I did. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and also what she says is like, they kind of should have known this was coming. And Craig dismisses all the facts, all the evidence. He was in total denial. He has an excuse for everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she literally says, as we both thought, as meaning since he was young. Yeah. She's like, we both knew. And he's like, no. She's like, we both suspected. You know, we did. And then she uses these words and she's like, so he's what? Creative or, you know, sensitive. And that's what a lot of families will use to just kind of, I guess, hide or dismiss sweep or it under sweep, the rug yeah, exactly sweep it under the rug uh, like when that. they don't want to talk about it mm -hmm. you know or they want to pretend that it's not true it's like you hiding from it doesn't make it any less true exactly you can't run from it you have to address it uh, so then he also finds out that not only is he gay but he is actively gay and has a, a full relationship yeah mm -hmm. she's like he's seeing somebody and then uh craig says well i'll call the parents of this kid and she's like uh don't waste your time on that because he's grown baby <laughs> yeah he is grown and then she tells him you know he's a grown man and his name's brian kenny and then he goes to call for justin and she's like he's not here 
And she tells him that he says he's at Daphne's, but I know he's not. And it just shows you, like, how unobservant Craig is with what's going on in his home. Because Justin has been out in these streets. <laughs> yeah, literally been out. He he literally is a regular yeah, at Babylon, at Babylon now. At and all these point, other bars. And Woody's at yeah. this point. Uh, and so it was like, you have not been paying attention to what's going on mm-hmm. under your roof. And probably because you didn't want to see Absolutely. what was going on. But did on. you see he placed br- um, blame on Jennifer? He did. Like, oh, you you allowing him to go to yeah. these places? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where are you? You're not yeah, present. Ex- She's mm-hmm. literally tracking him and following his every move. Yeah. If you were home and he even cared... You would have been right there with her. And she's doing all of that because she cares about her son. It's not like I'm trying to stop him from being gay. She's like, okay, if this is the life he's going to leave, I want to make sure that he's being safe, Mm -hmm. that he's going to, you know, he's around people that will take care of him. Things like that. Okay. So it's still a little tense at the Taylor's house, but we're going to, speaking of Brian Kenny, since Jennifer brought him up, we go over to Woody's and Brian is playing pool with the guys michael's there uh ted and emmett and it's obvious that they've been talking about michael's new situation or relationship with dr david mm-hmm. uh, ted and emmett uh provide the comedy and they say <laughs> well if it walks like a boyfriend talks like a boyfriend then it must be a boyfriend, a boyfriend. <laughs> Come on. and so they've already got michael at the altar walking down the aisle <laughs> getting married <laughs> <laughs> Dr. David. And Michael living his head, denying everything. Yeah. Come on. Because it's like moving a lot faster. And then Brian is there and he's kind of like not really enjoying this conversation. Mm-hmm. But of course, he's not going to say anything because he's Mr. Too Cool. And so I think as Michael is kind of processing what could be going on with David, I wonder if somewhere in his mind, he's like, well, what does that mean about Brian? And- oh, you know, that's a, a second thought in yeah. his head right now. That's why... I- like I, I think I mentioned it to you earlier before we recorded. He literally will hold on and he doesn't want to be attached, I feel. Yeah. Because he want to be able to drop that person at the drop of a dime yeah. if Brian called. Just on the chance yeah. that mm-hmm. Brian would call him. Well, because even when they were at the diner earlier... Uh, Dr. David makes a oh. comment about them being cruised mm-hmm. and Michael says, well, you should see it when Brian's here. And it's like, <laughs> and uh, Dr. David's like, I would like, you know, if we could go five minutes mm-hmm. without hearing that. Hilarious. But what, but I will say in Dr. David's favor, he immediately moves on from that. And then he like hits on Michael's like, oh, stop smiling at me like that. So he's like, that might be your hang up, but I'm not going to let that be a hang up in our relationship. If, right. if you're, if you're willing to move on, if you can move on, then, you know, Absolutely. I, can, I can move past that. And that's why I respect him, too, because I said last episode, he is not jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, his, he very secure in himself and he yeah. knows what he offers. Yeah, he knows um, what he, he knows wants, too. And yeah. his wants. Out of the uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ted and Emmett give uh, Michael the three warning signs to know what your relationship is heading toward mm. a commitment ceremony. <laughs> they say if he brings you flowers... He invites you on a romantic weekend in the country. And then the most telltale sign of all is when he meets your mother, which they don't know has like already happened. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah. So then our bubbly little sunshine, Justin, shows up. <laughs> and he's here to show Brian his new piercing. And if, and Brian's dismissive of it. You as know? always. Yeah, as always. Well, he's got an audience, mm-hmm. you know, so he's got to put on his performance he in front sure of his audience. Because yeah. when he's at home alone with Justin, he's sensitive, sweet, yeah. sensual. Well, because at this point... We don't know exactly how many times Justin has been there, but it's been a number. Just mm-hmm. the fact that he's been there more than once. Because just take it back to the couch scene. He right. didn't have to do that. Right. At all. Right. And then he's been there 
when he drew that picture mm-hmm. of Brian, that had to be a time when it was arranged for him to come there because right. he would have had to have his art supplies with Absolutely. him. So, yeah, you can pretend in front of your boys, Mr. Kenny, but we know what's going but on. But you can see the smirk in his eyes every time he, every time he sees Justin shows up somewhere where yeah. they are. Here he is. Yeah. My number one fan. So then Brian is telling, uh, he kind of turns back into Michael and he says, well, hey, don't forget about Friday. It's studs and studs at Babylon. Mm. And there's this interesting thing right here. Well, so Justin asks them what it is. Brian, of course, dismisses him, but Emmett and Ted are explaining it. And the look on Michael's face, um, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure. That look, because they were discussing about um, studs and suds, and Justin wanted to know what was going on. Right. And Brian acted like he didn't want to tell him. Yeah. The face was like, when you say no, he wants to know more. Right. He's looking at Brian like, Brian, don't do it. And Brian giving him the look like, yeah, it's happening. Uh, okay, see, mm-hmm. I did not get that. I'm so glad that you... Because <laughs> like, I, I knew it was something to it, but I just could not figure it out. But that makes total mm-hmm. sense. And he's like, you know he's going to show up. And mm-hmm. you, you know, you can say whatever you want to him. I'm like, you know. It's yeah. like that, that Scar, like in Lion King, Scar told Simba <laughs> about the elephant graveyard. And so don't go to the elephant graveyard. <laughs> knowing that Simba ass is going to go to the elephant graveyard. Yeah. Same difference. Yeah. But I think, you know, Ted and Emmett don't mind him coming. They're like, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. He's good eye candy for them. And you know, and I do think that Emmett respects Justin. I think after he saw him pull those two tricks from Brian mm-hmm. in 103, that he was like, okay, this might be one to watch. Because he can hold his own. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Fearless. And he admires that. Yeah. And he walks his truth just like Emmett. Mm-hmm. You know, so Emmett mm-hmm. may see little touches of him. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then we go to, we're in Justin's bedroom. Craig walks in. And it's like, Craig, have you not been in this room in forever? Because it is literally written on the walls. <laughs> like I told you, he's not present. Yeah, he's not present at all. I just did not want to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, this intentional blindness. And so he sees like magazines. They're not porn, but, you know, and he sees some of Justin's drawings of naked men. Uh, he finds this picture of Brian and Justin, and they're looking super couple-y, real they were cute. Very close. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was very, very in that cute picture. Photo. And you can just kind of see it settling in on him. and um, He was slowly breaking down. Yeah, uh-huh. And it was like, I'm going to have to accept that this is happening. This is true. Yeah. But intercut with this scene is we see Brian was a little bit more affected by that nipple ring than he let on because <laughs> uh, he and Justin are at the loft. Mm-hmm. It was a hot and steamy scene. It was. I mean, it yeah. really was. I love the way it was shot from afar and you kind of see it through like the, the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was hot. Yeah, I love it. And I also love how it's intercut with this scene with... um with Craig, with Justin's dad, because it shows, well, because it shows from Justin's perspective, how he sees this relationship. Mm-hmm. And then from his parents, his dad's Facts. perspective, how he would see it, right. you know? And so it just creates this, this jarring contrast mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. audience to kind of see it like that. Because Justin's in, in awe and ecstasy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. He's having the time of his life. Well, like once again, one of his plans worked out the way he wanted it to. He's like, Perfect. I got this nipple ring. Cause I knew that was gonna be one more thing to entice Brian. And sure enough, it did. <laughs> Yeah. Sure so there's something very subtle that happens in that scene that I want to kind of double click on. There's this other show that I watch, and I think it was on Netflix. It's been a couple years ago. I listened to a director's cut or maybe read an article about it. And the guy was talking about how every it was just like a 30 minute show. Uh-huh. And he was saying how every 
scene in that show was shot in a bedroom. Well, as I was watching it, I didn't pay attention to that. Right. Because I'm just listening to the dialogue, you uh-huh. know, following the stories that I care about. Um and he was talking about he wanted to have everything occur in these very intimate spaces. With, mm-hmm. So sometimes it was friends, sometimes a boyfriend and girlfriend right. or whatever. And um, so just like, oh, there's a lot of deliberate choices that get right. made when, you know, more than just the dialogue, there's uh-huh. a lot of deliberate choices in how a, an episode is shot and how it's filmed. Yeah. And so in this one, we see as they're in the middle of this hot, seamy session, uh, Brian intertwines his fingers with mm-hmm. Justin's and the camera zooms in on that. And I think that's an important moment. Because it's intimate. Yeah it's, yeah, it's intimate. And I think at that point, that's how we know that emotions are starting to come into mm-hmm. play. It, it's not just sex yeah, with Justin. Exactly. Because even if it's been just like good sex at this point, it's clear that emotions have come in. Absolutely. Yeah. No, so, I definitely agree. I just wanted to make sure that we did again, touch on that. It was a fire sex scene. <laughs> yeah. It was hot. Yeah. But even like because it had that little thing in there with the hand holding, it's it like goes from it's sex not, to making love. Right. Well, and it's not just gratuitous. Mm-hmm. Let's just show two men going mm-hmm. at it to but show also, that scene. And also just the body shapes, the silhouettes that they yeah. were making, you can tell it it just wasn't sex. Right. It was way more passionate. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. With the arching of the backs. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, it was. Nice, very tastefully yeah. done. <laughs> I mean, it was hot, mm-hmm. but it was also, yeah, nice in a different way. Uh, so Craig just looked lost um, during all of this. And so we're going to have to see how Craig handles that or can't handle it or whatever. So we go on um, and we are at Michael and Emmett's apartment. And this is the day where they're supposed to go to dinner at Casa de Novotny. So Michael <laughs> is getting dressed and he's waiting on Dr. David to show up. So they hear a knock at the door and they expect it to be the good doctor. But and instead... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's Mr. Kenny. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm hungry. Let's go to dinner. Which, whatever. You knew darn well <laughs> that this was the day. <laughs> I can't stand Brian sometimes. Michael, just punch him it's not cool anymore okay yeah as much as we love brian times like this are so frustrating and you know that's the thing about his friendship with michael like it does have some healthy aspects but it has a ton of unhealthy aspects also it's not it's not it's not healthy for his self-esteem and he doesn't even see it yeah he's clueless he's blinded by love so he comes in and we get this uh, fun little scene where Brian is eating this um, pastry. Mm. <laughs> Deep throat. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Skills. And Emmett is very impressed with his skills. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's uh, a good conversation that happens here. Basically, Emmett is trying to get Brian to say, hey, move to the side. Mm-hmm. Let him go on this date. Because um, they're talking and Brian asks Michael, he's like, well, why do you care what I think? And Emmett says, I've been saying that for years. Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> and then Brian is like, oh, no, go ahead and go on your date. It'll be great. He's great. Well, he's much older. He lives in a world you know nothing about. Shady. <laughs> yeah. And so Emmett's <laughs> like, shut up. Please. <laughs> you know? Like, stick a fork in it, bro. Yeah. You're done. Get mm-hmm. out. He, he don't even come over there like that. He really doesn't. You, you never see Brian over at Michael's. No, okay? exactly. But you over here today, we going to eat at my mama's. Yeah, like, you show here. up right on time. Yeah, yeah. on time. You beat him. Get yeah. your ass out of here. Yeah. So Brian. then the door knocks again, and this time it is Dr. David, and he shows up with flowers, which is the second, the second. <laughs> the second sign. Yeah. 
And uh, you kind of see Michael's face. And it's like, he's still trying to take everything in. It's like, oh, this is happening. This is moving forward. And it's almost like you're on a conveyor belt or like an escalator. So even if you're trying to walk back down, it still keeps pushing you along. (laughs) Do you think Michael thinks he's not worthy of love like that? Someone that's going to be nice to his mother. Doc didn't have to jump up, help Debbie with her stress for her job. Doc didn't have to bring flowers for the mom and him. Yeah. It could be because, you know, he's programmed to just kind of expect these little meaningless little mm-hmm. small little hookups you know i don't think that he's he, he probably does some one night stands here and there right. but i think michael i read it somewhere and it said for michael every sexual connection is a possible love connection for him right. because that's what he really wants I can see it. um but none of them have worked out that way right. and so it could be that he might be having a hard time accepting that this one could be legit, could be mm-hmm. the real deal. His guard is up. Mm-hmm. Well, and also he's got to save room for Brian in his heart. So there <laughs> is <tired>. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, okay. So we are back at the Taylor's house. And this is when Justin is finding out that his mom has told all his business to his dad. Uh, this is a very powerful scene. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just coming out to his dad. We all have been dreading this because we knew it was going to be really bad. Yeah. Just the way Jennifer have been talking about her in the past. Oh, if his father knew. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we were we expecting the worst. Mm-hmm. But once again, Justin being Justin, <laughs> I mean, put that S on his chest and he's Superman. I mean, he handles Craig. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really does handle it and stand up for himself here. And I love that they wrote it this way that Justin wasn't apologizing to them and no. saying, I'm sorry you have to have me as a son. He was like... Oh, he stood in his truth yeah. ten toes down. Exactly. Okay? <laughs> yeah. He didn't care. I mean, he let his dad have it. Mm-hmm. It was like, you can do this, this, and that. I'm still gonna be me. It's not going away. This is who I am. Yeah. Accept it. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Well, so they bring up the age issue because they're like, it's not your fault. This man seduced you. And Justin's like, no, he didn't entice me. Like, I went I, after him. <laughs> yeah. Every time. If they only knew. Right. How many times. Right. Exactly. Like, Justin showed up that night looking Mm -hmm. to find someone to take him home. Absolutely. You know, and he lucked out and got someone who uh, treated him with respect and, Mm -hmm. you know, gentleness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like, no, nah, he didn't come steal Justin from the playground. <laughs> but <laughs> Justin that, went there and found him. But in that scene, just what about AIDS? Yeah, exactly. And Justin hit him with, we wear condoms. Mm-hmm. Hell, I even put it, put it on him myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sent Craig into a frenzy. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, Craig didn't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, he was about to pass yeah. out. But even the fact that that's what Craig brings up, like, AIDS. you're not even thinking about, okay, how um, life is going to be for your son who's gay and how he's going to have to deal with a whole lot of stupid and crazy in the world because Mm -hmm. of that. So you're not even looking to protect him from that. You're just like, you're going to get AIDS, you know? Yeah. And they call, he calls him a monster, a child molester. Uh, But then he is though. (laughs) Even though he is 17, you know, even though he's 17, which means he's, he's able to consent, but that 30 year old should not be with no damn 17. Yeah. But I think, that's what we talked about, though. There's an, a maturity to yes. Dustin and an immaturity, and an immaturity to, Brian. to Brian. And so the numbers look real bad mm-hmm. when you, you see when you see them on paper. But when you see those two personalities, that Justin gap is, is not that more big. Mature than Brian, he so. is, mm-hmm. yeah. But in that gap, doesn't seem so big when you see the two of them together. And that's funny too. I know we're gonna move on to the next scene, but it's funny how. When you're 17 dating a 30-year-old, that's bad. But 
you'll see a 30-year-old dating a 45-year-old. Right. And that's totally coming. <laughs> oh, you a cougar. You yeah, know, like... Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and, and I... And because the assumption is there where you're older, you're more mature. But mm. some people are younger and mm-hmm. can be, you know, pretty mature. I've met some very immature 70-year-olds. So... <laughs> Facts. So it's not always tied to age. Uh, but something that Jennifer says in the kitchen before we move on to the next scene, she says... Well, we don't we don't need or want everybody to know is what Jennifer says. Like she's still trying to kind of it's the keep secret. A, yeah, uh huh. It it's the family secret, hush. and she's trying to keep a handle on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we don't want because the we talked about them kind of being from the country club set, you know, and I think that might be the case. And so it's like we need to be real careful right. with yeah. And how the we dad even this. said it. Um, are you just flaunting it around to everybody. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So the dad even says it. Yeah, uh, so. Also in this scene, they're telling Justin that he like can't see Brian. He's like, no, I love him like more than anything. And all I want is to be with him. And they say, you're not going to see him. He's like, yes, I am. Yeah, I'm and going. So, yeah, part of that could be, you know, he's young. He doesn't know any better. He's like giving his whole life away to this person. But I do think, so that could be a little bit of it. But I do think also he knows that he that he cares about him. And so the way that Justin defines love, he might say that he's in love with him the mm-hmm. way he defines it at this point in right. life. And um, so, you know, just as an audience member hearing him say that it's easy to just dismiss it as puppy love and just right. like foolish teenager. But well, that's what his mom did. Like, yeah. Justin, you're not old enough to even know what you want. Right. You know? mm-hmm. But you don't know what, he experienced and exactly. what he feels so yeah anyway okay so we finally get to dinner at the Novotny's and it's Vic Debbie Dr. David and, and Michael, Michael. Mm-hmm. and they like Dr. David uh, they're Wait. happy to see Michael with someone Michael looks happy he does and uh, they're they're being on their best behavior. You know, a couple little jokes mm-hmm. here and there because it's Debbie and Vic. So. I mean, you never know what's going to come out of Debbie's mouth. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but they like him and they find out he's stable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he drives a Jag and he's comfortable. And so if somebody's <laughs> telling you that they're comfortable, they're more than comfortable. Absolutely. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. But David indulges Debbie. Like, he doesn't make Michael feel like he should be ashamed or embarrassed mm-hmm. of her, which we know is something that he kind of struggles uh-huh. with. Uh, but yeah, he indulges her. He appreciates her quirks and her charm. And maybe he's just doing it to get into Michael's pants. Mm-hmm. But he sees that Debbie is always coming from a, a genuine place. Yeah. You know? He sees this is a loving mother yes, who cares absolutely. about her son. And, and he cares about her son. A- so absolutely. He, so he's totally cool with mm-hmm. however that looks for her. And also he's older. He's mm-hmm. closer to the mom's age. Yeah, probably. You know, so yeah. I mean they have a different type of connection. Uh-huh. I mean, it does. And yeah. I love that she told a story. And it's a simple story that yeah. we all know. But it was so cute. And it was so romantic yeah. and corny, but cute. I yeah. just love well, it. Well, and I think it gives us an, some insight into what she wants for her son. Mm-hmm. After watching him not only chase after Brian for 16 years or 15 years, but also go without a true loving relationship, knowing that that's something that he desires, mm-hmm. you know, and she sees his potential here. And so she's really excited for she her is. son. She even had like a little sparkle twinkle in she her did. eye. Mm-hmm. And then when they saw like, Ooh, things are starting to, you know, sparkle over here with Dr. David yeah. and Michael, <laughs> her and Vic, you know, get out, get out of the room. And then, um, Dr. David and Michael head up to, Michael's old bedroom, which mm. the last action that bedroom saw was Brian and Justin. <laughs> 15 years ago. <laughs> no, no. It was ago. Brian and Justin in ep- oh, the uh, episode sure 104. Brian, yep, yep. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. the last action that bedroom saw. Absolutely. Uh, so while they're up there, Dr. David invites him away for the weekend to his cabin in the woods. And so we got all three warning signs. <laughs> all in one. 
Yeah. Yeah, in one episode, the first half of the episode, all three of the warning signs, yeah. Uh, well, and Debbie answers for Michael, so Michael's going. Michael's hesitating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know how thin those walls are. Just from the episode <laughs> with Brian and Justin, we yeah, heard everything. So yeah. Michael, I mean, Debbie heard everything. Yeah. And she answered that. So he's got no choice but to go now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brian is at the loft, and he is on some early 2000s hookup site. And this guy's supposed to be on his way. And then he gets a knock at the door and it's Michael showing up. And here's what's crazy. So as soon as Michael gets there, Brian, you know, says hi or whatever and like chat a little bit. But then he's like, you got to go. I got a guy on the way over here. And Michael was cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's cool. Like you just show up at my house, mm-hmm. almost ruined something going I had going on. Yeah. But I come over, you shoo me away because you have some nobody that you don't even know. Yeah. Coming over here. But that's whatever because Michael's used to that. But it's what follows it. Because Michael came to tell him, hey, I'm not going to be at Studs mm-hmm. and Suds on Friday because I'm going away for the weekend with mm-hmm. Dr. David. And then now Mike, now Brian's mad. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you, if you want to spend time with me, we could have done that right here. Right. But you just kicked me out because, you know, all, your needs always come first. Exactly. You know, but Michael didn't see that, you know, but it was just, yeah. <laughs> and, and like I said, I'm tired of Michael being so damn thirsty. <laughs> Over Brian. At this point, it's like, yeah, I can hold Brian responsible for his part, but Michael's responsible. Yes. I mean, fool me once, shame on whatever the saying is. Now it's shame on his ass. Okay. I'm tired of it. Exactly. So he leaves, and then Brian gets a phone call, and he's thinking it's the guy who he scheduled to come to his house. I was shook. Oh, I was shook. (laughs) Yeah, because he gives him quite the greeting when he answers that phone. He didn't even let the person speak. He just goes right into it. Get your ass over here. Nine inch dildo, (laughs) this wide and thick. I'm gonna I'm gonna demolish you. (laughs) Who was it? Oh, Craig Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Got an earful. I mean, can you imagine being Craig and it's like I need to find out who is taking advantage of my son. And then that's the first thing you hear. Yeah. And then he's he's thinking, oh, my God, my son is in a relationship with this guy. So he's fixing to do all this nasty, crazy shit to my son. My son has basically told us he will pledge his life to this man. But what they don't know about Brian is Brian's a hoe. Yeah. So Craig in his mind thinking his son fixing to get like ravished. Yeah. But it's some little random thought. Yeah. That's running around the Internet. (laughs) Exactly. So. It's crazy. Oh, my. We go back to Michael's place, uh, his apartment with Emmett. And so another thing I wanted to point out, I remember... There's just like a few things that I remember from when I watched this show in the early 2000s, because, you know, I only saw like one through three, mm-hmm. uh, episode one through three. Um, and the friend that I was watching it with at the time, he pointed out to me that they do like certain, they highlight like certain colors with certain people. So like Brian and Justin were in that blue light, like Brian's oh. bedroom is always kind of in a blue light. Um, and then even in this episode, up. he's wearing like all like denim on denim, <laughs> you know. But then at uh, Michael and Emmett's apartment, there's a lot of orange. Like you see lots of pops of orange. Wow. And then Debbie, of course, is red. She's got uh-huh. the red, red wig hair. and the, mm-hmm. um, her fingernails are red. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a really neat little thing that they do, like ways that they find to bring in like I the pride colors. I'm going to, and you know, and colors also sets the tone yeah. for the scene, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Something dark and red can be 
you know, mean something bad or whatever yeah, the case. Mm-hmm. But even in Debbie's case, it was good. Yeah. But uh, in this scene. It's just bold. Well, red is bold. bold. You know, and you think red lips. You think red lipstick, a woman wearing red lipstick, that's bold. <laughs> you know, a Extremely. Lot of people, a lot of people would associate mm-hmm. it with that. Facts. Um, but yeah, so that's just like a neat little thing. I like to try to find stuff like that because what I was saying earlier, like deliberate choices that get made. And so set designers need as much credit as Absolutely. the show writers and sometimes even the actors. All these little ways that they mm-hmm. tell a story. So how they found ways to, like I said, it's pull in the pride the they, colors and stuff. They shoot it. I mean, it's clear vision. Yeah. Exactly how they want to execute it. And yeah. It's done flawlessly. So it's just so neat. And I like when it gets a little over the top, when it gets a little theatrical. Some people might be turned off by that, but I like it. Especially knowing that these showrunners came from theater. Mm-hmm. A lot of these actors came from theater. Some of even the people who worked on the set came from theater. So I don't mind it at all when mm-hmm. I see that kind of over-the-top stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so like i said we're at michael's place and uh he is calling in at work <laughs> because his his, his ladder injury is messing oh, he has in. a weekend to catch okay i feel a yeah. little <laughs> i feel a little something coming on myself yeah okay but Fail, then so. his friends tell him um hey you deserve some personal time like hey like you were saying that he might feel like he doesn't deserve it. And they're like, uh-huh. yes, you do deserve something like this. You deserve a person who's going to treat you like this. Michael's most significant relationship in his life is the one he's had with Brian. It's mm-hmm. been non-sexual, almost like one-sided. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say, okay, we do love Brian. And Brian does take care of Michael in some ways. We talked about that mm-hmm. last episode. But as far as like a intimate relationship goes, it's very one-sided. Very, very. unrequited love. Uh, so that's been his most significant relationship in the crumbs that he gets from that, he's gotten so used to, you know, surviving. Yeah, That's just it. surviving on these crumbs. And so he, you know, whether it's, he doesn't think he deserves it or he just doesn't expect right. anything more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I love how Ted repacks his suitcase. <laughs> he gives him like, oh, yeah. change of underwear. Lube. condoms. That's yeah. it. Like, right. You good. don't need to do nothing else. Yeah. Fucking and talking. Fucking and talking. That's yeah. <laughs> you ain't yeah, there's going a, like, nowhere. talk. Get to know each other. Michael's still worrying and fretting about, you know, this relationship. And then he says, I want him to like me. And Ted says, he already does. He more than likes you. And I wonder if Ted is speaking for Dr. David and for himself. I think Because, he... no, because, um... If you look how Le- Emmett looks at Ted, it's almost like he's like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure, I bet this is hard for you having to see Michael finally turn away from Brian, but not toward you, toward somebody else, mm-hmm. you know? Because, yeah, Emmett just kind of looks at him with this, you know, some sympathy. And you know what? I never even, I always forget about Ted. I, yeah. I do. I feel, <laughs> I feel bad. I feel really bad for you yeah. to saying that. But I forget about Ted, but he is a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you are sure, um, 100% right. Yeah. Uh, 100% right. Yeah, you know, because I think some people might question, like, well, what happened to Ted's crush on Michael? Did that just go away? But, like, mm-hmm. no, it's still there. But we know Ted's not going to act no, he, on it. He's going to stay in his lane. Right. And mm-hmm. especially because Michael pretty much turned him down. But then also. And he sees how happy Michael is. Right. And I think he cares for Michael so much, he will yeah. want Michael happy no matter what. Yeah. And I think. Just like Emmett, he's happy to see him pursuing something mm-hmm. other than other than following Brian. after Brian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we go to Lindsay and Melanie's house, and Brian is writing a check for two thousand dollars. And I want to talk about this. What daycare is two thousand dollars? <laughs> and do 
She's an artist. Hey, well, is he even in old enough to go to daycare yet? No, like, he's I don't, not. It hasn't been that long because yeah. I know most of the time it would be like six months. So, but she has like bills in front of her, so maybe she wasn't working during part of. But I just want to say this: they want the child. Most okay, time, this is what I really you, want to talk you about. Donate the sperm or whatever the case, <laughs> yeah. and then you're done. Yeah, Melanie is the man. Okay, <laughs> Brian, yeah. thank you. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Brian well, should not be household. writing no damn checks. Yeah, well, I appreciate and applaud Brian for doing it and not even like making Blinking an issue. Eye. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I love that about him that he because he told Lindsay that first night. If y'all need anything, if y'all need any money. Let me know. I got you. And so I applaud and respect him for that, for just doing it. No questions asked, no complaints. But I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about Melanie and Lindsay expecting him to come write them a $2,000 check for the baby that they wanted, the baby that Mel doesn't want him to have anything to do with. (laughs) And they kind of forced him to do a million dollar um, policy. Policy, right. No, and also, Mel is a lawyer. Girl, you make coin. Yeah. Like, stop it. Yeah, I do know that, um, well, she mentions pro bono work and she works Uh, in civil rights. So you don't always, so it depends on kind of her firm. You don't always make a ton in civil rights. Depends That's on what kind choice. of case. If it's yeah, that is a choice <laughs> to, to not make a ton and to do pro bono work. Yes. But um yeah, anyway, I charity. feel a way about this two thousand dollar check. Yeah, a little bit. I do too. <laughs> I mean, nor I'm telling you, he should have saw the baby, named the baby, and it would have been out. Yeah. You know, like with the whole two thousand dollar check, like you paying a whole rent. Well, yeah, because it's like, what are we doing here? Am I gonna be involved in rearing this child or no? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we because doing? Melanie needs to know her lane then, if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. You see, Melanie was absent. Yeah. Any other time, she there, like, bogarting the baby. Lindsay had that like, planned out. Like, this is out. my domain. Boom. Yeah, it was just mm-hmm. Lindsay and Brian in there. Lindsay had money that talk. planned out. And she was hella sweet with it, too. Uh-huh. She was like a sugar You're baby so on kind. that. You're so generous. Yeah. <laughs> and touching his face. Girl, yeah. you don't get your ass. <laughs> She was flirting. Yeah. That's what you women do. Gay, straight, <laughs> you it don't better matter. stop it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, y'all. Yeah. I'm kidding. What's that y'all. 50 Cent song? Have a baby by me, be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> That's Seriously. That's what Melanie and Lindsay God, are on right now. They see the come up. Yeah, but that really just kind of rubbed me not in a good way. Okay, so after Brian writes this problematic check, uh, Lindsay tells Brian, um, well, she's talking to him about Michael and about Dr. Mm-hmm. David and, and she's being, she's very supportive of that relationship and she's encouraging Michael to go after that and uh, she tells Brian, you know, for some people it's important to know that you're loved and Michael needs that. Basically saying like, he doesn't get that from you. He needs that. Here's somebody willing to offer it. So don't mess it up for and him. I love that scene. Yeah. That literally pulled at my heartstrings. Yeah. Because this is someone Brian cares about. Mm-hmm. He trusts Lindsay. Right. He knows that she's not going to steer him in the wrong way. She's right. not going to try to tell him anything. She's off not the doing wall. it out of like yeah. jealousy or she's not. Yeah, frustration or whatever. Yeah. Um, Julia, who we mentioned in the last episode. Hi, Julia. Uh, She said that Lindsay is kind of like his external subconscious sometimes. And so Brian knows that he should probably make some changes in in his relationship, in his friendship with Michael. But you see, when she said that to him, he looked back at her and didn't say a word. Yeah. As in like... I can't let this go. Yeah, or he's like, that may be true, but... This uh, is my property. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think he sees Michael as like property, Mm -hmm. a little toy or something. Yeah. tag along. Yeah, uh uh-huh. So then we go to the locker room at Justin's school, and all the guys are coming in, and Chris, who we haven't seen since uh, 104, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Chris Hobbs, 
um, he kind of starts messing with them. I wonder if, um, you know, just like, it's why are you? Yeah. It's typical. I mean, to be honest, I used to do it all the time. It's because you don't know how to express what you're feeling. Uh-huh. And you're a little envious of the person that's living their truth. Yeah. So you want to poke fun. It's like the little the little boy in third grade who likes the girl, but he's going to pull her hair mm-hmm. and push her down. He doesn't know how to express what he's feeling. Yeah. So he's going to attack you and be mean. Yeah. Same thing with Chris. He doesn't know how to express or really deal with what he got going on. Mm-hmm. I mean... This is the same person who actually had a, a intimate connection with Justin. Right. You know, I mean, full on. Yeah. So clearly, you know, yeah. he, he's, fr- he's fronting. Well, it has got to be something internal in him because Justin told Daphne, but, you know, she tight lips. Right. She ain't going to tell nobody. Mm-hmm. And so nobody's going to find out about this because mm-hmm. I think if Justin wanted to ruin his life or make him look bad, he would have said something by he now. He could have exposed him then. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he didn't do it. Mm-mm. And so it's got to be, like you said, something internal going on with Chris mm-hmm. Hobbs that's like, that's making him uncomfortable, making right. him act out and lash out. Something in him is unsettled with what happened, you know, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. If it's like, I can't believe he did that to me. I can't believe I let him do that. I can't believe I enjoyed it whatever the reason is and i like mm-hmm. that they kind of keep it vague because that's probably how chris feels inside like mm-hmm. he's not really sure what to make of it so i like that they didn't exactly spell it out for us but they made it clear that there is some type of internal struggle right. going on a little personal uh with me when i was first um in my early stages of experimenting and all of that yeah uh i would do my little experiments but once i climaxed and i came it was over mm-hmm. it was like i snapped out of gay back into the straight world. Uh And then if you talked to me, touched me, any of that, wanted to hold hands, any of that, the fight was going to break out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just... I don't know. You're, you're nervous. You're scared. You don't want to be exposed. You don't right. want to be outed. It's just yeah. so much. And you probably felt like as long as you don't cross certain boundaries, you could say... Well, no, I'm not gay. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of getting off in exactly. that situation, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, I know some, pe- some boys people... Being boys Yeah, some people, their thing is like, well, I don't kiss right. other men. Like, I might do other sexual things with them, but I don't kiss them. Exactly. You know, so they, they have this boundary mm-hmm. because in their mind, that means, no, no, I haven't crossed mm-hmm. over. Yeah, like, I'm not gay. I only did this. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Justifying it for them. Yeah. So this escalates. Um, he notices Justin's nipple ring, which he might be a little bothered by. Because nobody else noticed it at <laughs> yeah. all those people. And nobody said anything. Justin had been sitting there, you mm-hmm. know. Um and he noticed it, and then ju- he asked him where he got it. Well, Justin says Liberty Avenue, and I would bet that they know knows. what goes on mm-hmm. on Liberty Avenue, what goes on. And so he accuses him of being gay, and Justin's like, no, I'm not, because in that environment, Justin's smart enough to know this Don't is not it. a safe yeah. environment mm-hmm. for me to come out in. Because um, everyone could have attacked him then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so even though people probably suspect, because remember that day of school when Brian dropped him off, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, in the Jeep, but... Um, um, yeah, he's still trying to deny it. Uh, but, okay, I don't want to promote violence, but I am glad that Justin Come defends through. himself and throws a punch. <laughs> and to be honest, he throws the first one yeah. and lands a good one. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't promote violence either, but I definitely promote standing, <laughs> up, standing up for yourself. Yeah. And he used his words first until Chris pushed him. Right, so exactly. He got physical first. Like, yeah. you can't, you were over there. I was getting dressed, minding my own business. You, you came, came into my in personal here. space. You, yeah, put your hands on me first. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm going to defend myself. I'm going to sock you. 
you. Yeah, period. and I just love like I love that fight and that toughness and that mm-hmm. braveness in him. And even though yeah. he's soft, like Justin is more of the sensitive type. He doesn't yeah. come off as being a tough guy. Yeah, but he's not gonna let you walk over him exactly at all. because he's you know that's the thing about being. Um, more emotionally mature is like, mm-hmm. yeah, I got this soft side. Yeah, I'm in love with this man, but you're not fixing to just run Absolutely. all over me. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a respect thing. Period. Yeah. So then, you know, they exchange punches and luckily the other classmates pull them off each other before things get out of hand. Uh, but then Justin spits on, um, spits blood onto Chris Hobbs. And, you know, I wonder that's if that's... a symbolism of AIDS. A- exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you see, like, Chris, like, from the sound <sighs> effects, he gets, like, yeah. super frustrated mm-hmm. and mad at that. And Justin probably knew that he would think mm-hmm. that. He's like, okay, that's what you think about me mm-hmm. <laughs> here. Yeah. It's done. Well, but... well, and Justin knows he doesn't have it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah. So that is an intense scene, but I just love how strong Justin is because I feel like there are so many um, young gay and lesbian queer um, kids and teenagers who need role models like that, who need to see a person who is unapologetic, who's young and unapologetic Mm -hmm. for who they are. You know, Mm -hmm. how would you, you know, did you feel like you had good examples of that when you were a teenager? No, I had no examples of that as Mm -hmm. a teenager. Um, I was definitely a loner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I created this false reality and the lie, the lie became the truth. Yeah. And that's how I gained my, my armor, I guess. I needed to, I felt like I needed to survive. Yeah. And um, I didn't really get confident until my late 20s. Yeah. I wow. mean, I kind of just faked it till I made it, mm-hmm. made it or whatever the mm-hmm. case, you know? Mm-hmm. And Yeah, because that's what's so great about representation in television in that you know, there's so many things that as we continue to talk about this uh, whole series throughout the next several seasons, there'll be a lot of things that we bring up that this show was groundbreaking in and why it was so important and so impactful. But the importance of representation, like seeing gay stories where people are proud and people are liberated and people are living in freedom, you know, and it's not without trouble because that's what this episode is showing us. Mm-hmm. Like Justin has been kind of coasting along, but in this episode we see his boat starting to get rocked a little bit, you know. I didn't get to finish this when it first came out because, you know, a lot of my issues, uh, I ain't gonna call them issues, but growing up at 14, finding out that I was gay and trying to express that to my parents, it became issues. Uh-huh. So clearly... I didn't get to finish the show. Uh-huh. Um, so I started a few episodes and that's why I'd be getting little flashes because things yeah. start coming back to me. But seeing Justin, I mean, I guess he could be one of those role models, I guess, for me to look up to because yeah. he was fearless. Yeah. And um, I had never, I didn't have, I've never seen anything like this on TV before. Right. This was like the first time I saw young people that was close to my age. Uh-huh. Justin was close to me when it first came out. And, um, I don't know. It was just, it was very fascinating for me. Yeah. Good scene, even though it's tough. And even though I hate to see Justin be treated like that, just the way that he handled he held the situation, own. held his own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stood flat footed and was mm-hmm. like, okay, if we going to get we ratchet up get in it. here, <laughs> let's do it. And, yeah. And he mm-hmm. takes it like a man. Every yeah. lump. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Okay. So, um, we leave that. We leave the locker room and we go to Dr. David's country cabin. Very nice cabin that mm-hmm. he built. We find out a lot about him. I love it. In this scene, we find out just some of his history that he has an ex-wife. He says, okay, one thing. He says he was married for seven years and then he was dating a man 
for six years. I think his son is 12. 12. So either the math is wrong or there was some overlap. Oh, no, no. Well, maybe, (laughs) you know, he met his wife. So they were together. And while they were in college or something, we'll just say they met. Well, he's older, so he went in college. But before he married her, he knocked her up. That could be it. And then when the baby was five, he was like, okay, we've been engaged for five years. Let's go ahead and get married. And then they was married (laughs) for seven. And then he realized that he wanted to be with a man. And then they divorced. Yeah, that could be it. I I was just thinking about it. I was like, that math is kind of funny. We're not going to come for Dr. (laughs) David, okay? You know how I love Dr. David. You do love Dr. David. So we're not going to do that. Okay. So... Yeah, we find out he has an ex-wife, that he has a son. Um, and he talks about how... Because uh, Michael says, so you were straight. And he says... Well, his wife's like, no, I was gay. Yeah. But, you know, I was pretending to be straight. Um, and he talks about being in the closet for a time, especially where this woman's involved. And I think Michael can relate to that because we know at work, mm-hmm. he's pretending, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's a woman kind of, isn't you know they're not in a relationship, but there's that lingering mm-hmm. thing with Tracy and he has no emotional connection there. He's just using her right. as a cover mm-hmm. for himself. But I think Michael can definitely relate to. Yeah. Um, he can for sure. Yeah. Cause Michael knows what it's like to not be able to fully live life the way you want to be able to live. What's Michael's um, uh, coworker name? The old Marley lady. Marley. Remember, Doctor David comes up and she's making. Um, wait, was it Doctor David or was it the other gay couple that was, was walking? Gay couple. Ho- okay, mm-hmm. walking and holding hands. So Michael definitely has to be in the closet. And then Doctor David came up once right. while they um, Tracy was there, uh-huh. and um, I think he got to see Michael in his element. How Michael was hiding it. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't say anything then. Yeah, and make Michael feel more uncomfortable. I'm glad he took yeah. his time and let it unfold on his own. Yeah, and told him in the right, like, hey, I did this. But now this is my truth. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't think about it until you said it. But I think that Michael tells him then that he's not out at work. Mm-hmm. And n- now it makes sense why Dr. David is like, oh, OK, mm-hmm. cool. You know, and just lets it go because he can remember a time right. when he lived that way for mm-hmm. one reason or another. You know, even if their reasons weren't the same, you know, he remembers a time when he lived that. Mm-hmm. And it just goes back to how times are so different. Look at Justin. Eight, 17 right. years old, going for it. Right. Dr. David, we don't know his age, but we know that he's an older gentleman, mm-hmm. had to be married, got kids, right. you know, had to live that life. Right. Doctor, da 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 da. He had to have the American family, the dream, mm-hmm. where the newer generation is like, forget that, I'm not getting married, I'm going to go out here, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to live my life. Uh-huh. So, I mean, like, I'm free. Yeah, definitely a product of the times in some ways. Um, so then we find out something else. And he says, well, you know, I wanted to be honest. I would be honest with anyone that I love. And that's why I'm telling you. Hence. Yeah. He's honest because he loves him. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, like, Dr. David ain't playing no games. He's not. Look, I want you. I love <laughs> You get what you want, okay? Like, he, he's yeah. going to get him. Yeah. And Michael got weak. His knees l- literally buckled. Uh-huh. I loved it. Yeah. So finally, Friday night has arrived and we are at Studs and Suds. And Emmett, Ted, and Brian are there. And Brian's not having the best time. He's just Mm. over there. Moping. Yeah. (laughs) Being a Debbie Downer, kind of. And Ted is the one who is challenging him on this one. Yeah. And I think, you know, what Ted is saying is true. And Mm -hmm. I think some of it is rooted in, I do think Ted has a jealousy about Brian because Brian is the one who. Michael. Well, not only is it Michael, but Brian can get anybody he wants. Yeah. 
and Ted's the complete opposite, That's... you know, or he's rejected by everybody he mm-hmm. wants and people he don't doesn't want, you know, and he just feels like Brian puts forth no effort and mm-hmm. people just fall at his feet. Even yep. a great guy like Michael, but here I am trying to put forth effort and, and can't, get can't get anybody or mm-hmm. when I do it blows up in my face or they just, you know. Drug me. Drug me. Yeah, leave me for dead. Uh, So I think it's coming from Mm -hmm. a little bit of that, you know, because I wouldn't, they're like kind of friends. Brian, at this point in the series, they're like kind of friends. He is not as enamored with Brian as um, like a Michael and a Lindsay are. But Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so he says, I guess it's not as fun without your little audience of one. And um, then he says, and then Brian says, well, I haven't thought about Michael once tonight. And then Ted's like, oh, same as when he's here. <laughs> that was fire. Yeah. It was fire. I love yeah. it. Yeah. But and so this is yet another person trying to, you know, tell Brian, hey, back off. Let Michael have this. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's not going to do it. Right. No. <laughs> so then Brian decides he's had enough of the night because he doesn't want to hear any more truth bombs from Ted. <laughs> so he's leaving and this trick uh, comes up to him and he gets upset because Brian doesn't remember him. And then uh, he kind of disses him, too. Um, yeah. So Brian drives off in the Jeep and he's parked at a light. Now, just in his cassette tapes. <laughs> and, <laughs> cassette yeah. Tapes. And as he's there, a car comes up behind him and just rams right into him. And then at first I thought it was hit and run. Yeah. Well, I think they kind of want you to think it was that, that mm-hmm. trick possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, cause it's not revealed who it is initially. So, and then, so they hit him once, but then they come back and hit him twice from, again from another Make angle. Make sure I get you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to get gonna you. You're going to die So then the next uh, scene that we see is we're in the woods with Michael and Dr. David, and they're enjoying some outdoor sporting. Yes, I mean, it was the best sport <laughs> session I ever nice seen. And just having a nice little weekend, you know, in total contrast to what was going on Friday night. In the city. With the, yeah, on the avenue. Uh, here's Michael out here with Dr. David, just seeing a different side of life. He's living a fantasy. Yeah, I mean, something it really that he, is in he some ways. Had, right. Yeah, you know, he had only fantasized about this. Mm-hmm. He probably never thought about something mm-hmm. like this coming true. I mean, we already know that he likes Lady and Tramp romantic things. Yeah. You know, so the fact that he has a picnic out in the flowers. Yeah. Naked. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous man. The secluded. Yeah. You know, just the two of them. Like a care in a world. Yeah, just like world. a perfect little mm-hmm. scenario there. So after they're done, Dr. David gets up and he's going to go jump in the water somewhere. Well, what does Michael do? Right? He gets on the phone and calls. He calls Brian. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, on the one hand, I guess he's like so excited and says like, I want to tell somebody about this. I'm going to call my best friend and, and tell also, him. He's going to brag to Brian too. Yeah. So it's basically like, I mean, he's not on a ha-ha level, but hi, we're doing this. Knowing yeah. just saying it is still going to get under Brian's skins a yeah, little bit. Yeah, probably. But he looks so giddy and happy about it. I'm like, Michael, you, I mean, you could have told him about that when you got back, but okay, if you want to do it right after <laughs> it make me second guess me now using my cell phone like you know what just enjoy the moment yes. leave the phone yes. alone yes he didn't even need trouble. it out there no. 
you know, at the blanket with him. No, but it should have yeah. been in that cabin. Mm-hmm. And you could have called Brian when Dr. David was taking a shower or something. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because I can see wanting to call, you know, your bestie and check in, and check in mm-hmm. but also be like, oh my gosh, let me tell you what I just yeah, ha- it was saw so good. or what yeah. just happened. I could totally see that, but it was just like... The way it happened. The way it happened. And even Dr. David calling Michael to come home, come mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. but you still on the phone. Yeah. So, so we find out that he calls Brian and uh, Brian's at the lofts and he's rolling up a joint there. He's got a bandage on him. <laughs> and uh, So Michael can tell from his voice that something is off, like mm-hmm. something's going on. And he says, tell me what happened. And Brian says, well, promise me you won't let it spoil your weekend. That's that scar shit again. <laughs> Yeah. That's that scar shit. Yeah, again. that's the, the bait, you know, he's putting out there. He says, I have a minor head wound and a concussion. And then, of course, Michael's like, Oh my gosh, I have to be there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I'm coming. Yeah. So Dr. David comes up. He's like, Hey, Michael, I was kind of waiting for you. And Michael's like, oh, I have to go back. You know, Brian's hurt. We have to go back. Um, so then we get to the Taylor's house again. Mm-hmm. Things have been, it's been a mess at the Taylor's house the past uh. couple of days. <laughs> so, uh, Craig is out there and he is looking at his tow up car. And it's so that's total. when we know, mm-hmm. okay, he could have murdered Brian. Are we sure just could've. gonna, <laughs> you know, ignore that? Like, he came full speed. Yeah. And, and twice. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just drove off. That's illegal. Extremely. <laughs> you that. And you know, they didn't have any um traffic cams back yeah, then. No, so. uh uh-uh. uh. And there was, you know, it was a dark road. And so that mm-hmm. means he'd been following him, waiting for an opportunity, like waiting until we were Which to means a, he in a secluded him from Babylon. Yeah. So we, he was waiting until they were in a secluded area to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, well he probably didn't know what his plan was, but you know, he's so just I think he was gonna follow him home, but that was his chance. Yeah. Well know? he's just like so full of rage and Mm -hmm. just all kinds of stuff and so he i don't think he knew what he was going to do but he just knew he was going to confront him in some way and i guess that's just what he came up with i don't even think that he's angry about um brian being with his son i think he's angry just that he feels that brian helped his son become gay right like it's his fault he feels like Mm -hmm. if you would have never enticed my son like they said uh, then he wouldn't. We, I wouldn't be having to deal with this because I think for Craig, Craig's mad because of what it makes him mm-hmm. look like. You know, it's like it makes it look like I wasn't a good father, right. like I wasn't a strong mm-hmm. enough um, father figure. Which because he's not there to fight Brian because you're 28. I mean, 29, almost 30, yeah. messing with my 17. That's where I would be. Mm-hmm. Like I'm there to kill for mine. <laughs> for real, you know? yeah. You're grown. You're messing with my little young child. I mean, he's almost a. a he's a young adult. Yeah. He's not even grown. Just because you're 17, 18, you're not grown. <laughs> yeah. All right. You you considered an adult, but you're not grown. So he's not even there on that tip. He's on there, like you just said. Yeah. How it makes him feel. And that's selfish. Yeah. So, you know, they're at the garage and they see Craig's car. And Jennifer's like, What happened? Well, Justin comes out and then he sees it too. And so Craig is like, Oh, where do you think you're going, Justin? You ain't going nowhere. And he says, and I heard what happened at school. You're all, like you said earlier, uh-huh. they're flaunting yourself. And then Justin's like, the other guy started it. Like, mm-hmm. you're my father. How about you defend me? The Absolutely. other guy started it. And then Craig says, well, you're not going back to the school. We're going to send you off. He says, you need to learn some discipline. You need to learn how to be a man. And these are just such toxic, erroneous views of mm-hmm. homosexuality. You know, he brings up all of the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not manly. You're mm-hmm. you're just rebelling you're too young you know things like that he brings up all that kind of crap to dismiss you know what justin's saying 
But Justin's not hearing him. Justin is very secure in himself. He's going to continue to discover and find out more about himself. Yeah. So he could care less. Yeah. What his and dad so says. when and so Justin does like come back and fire back at him, and that's when Craig slaps mm-hmm. him. And then I think at this point Craig is realizing, oh, I need to get a handle on myself because you look at him and he like can't even look Justin in the eye anymore. Uh-huh. He's shamed. And I love every word of Justin's um, speech after that. It. Yeah, he did. I mean, word for word, he was like basically. You can hit me, but I'm not going to cry like a faggot. Yeah. You can send me away to boarding school, but I'm pretty sure there's more butt-fucking at boarding school yeah. than there is in a back room at Babylon. Yeah, uh-huh. So, I mean... And so he's just like, it does not matter what you do. I'm still going to be me. In fact, he says, I'll still be your queer son. He's like, that's not going to change. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever you got going on, whatever you do, that's not going to change who I am. And then he just walks off, and I just... Absolutely love it. I still do not like the aggression that Justin gives Jennifer. <laughs> I mean, she's trying so damn hard. Yeah. Give that aggression to Craig. Yeah. Jennifer is trying. Yeah. Oh my God. She is. He might be feeling a way toward her because he asked her not to tell. And she is his mother, not his best friend. Right. Yeah. And I understand why she ultimately had to say something right. when she chose to say something, but he might be feeling a little way about that. So. Um, over at the loft, Brian is there and all of the friends have come over because he's got this little, you know, half an inch cut. (laughs) So, so, but I kind of like that, even though almost all of them have gone off on Brian or about Brian this episode, they are all there because that's what friends do. That's what family Mm -hmm. does, you know? So they're all there. Mel and Lindsay are there. (laughs) Mel probably got drugged there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and Ted and Emmett are there, even though Ted was just going off on him the night before. Uh, And Brian's there. And I wonder like how this came to be. So I guess... Justin was there too. Yeah, Justin was there. That's what I meant to say. Um, Okay, so he probably called Lindsay and told I mean, I was in the hospital. Here's what happened. Mm-hmm. And then, do you think he called Ted or called Emmett? Or do you think Mel Michael. Called? I think Michael called um, Emmett and said, I'm coming. Oh, that could be right. Mm-hmm. But I, so Brian would have had to call Justin because who else would mm-hmm. have Brian his number? Brian called Justin. Probably. Or maybe Justin just showed up. Yeah, this is tell- I just kind of like think about how they all got mm-hmm. there. But anyway, I like they were all the- chilling. Yeah, the point is, I-, I love to see them just chilling like family, mm-hmm. like friends. And Brian's being Goldilocks. So I'm the couch, like, oh, it's too hot. <laughs> oh, it's too cold. <laughs> He loved all the attention. Yeah, of course he did. Um, And then Justin puts two and two together and realizes that his dad was the the hit and run Mm -hmm. person, you know, the guy who ran into his car. And Brian being Billy, he's being Billy badass. It's like, oh, I'm not worried. No, you should be worried. And Lindsay's like, you know, maybe because Mm -hmm. as a mother, she's probably thinking, I know how I would take care of my kids. Right. I'm telling you, I'm coming for mine. Yeah. So she's like, you may want to. To, you know, may want to be careful. Mm-hmm. Look out! And then Brian says, uh, "Well, now he's invincible. I love how now he's invincible. When just before, like you know, these he are too hot and too cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now he's in- invincible. So then they start this impromptu party, and so you know, Mel and Lynn's are all over each other, and then Brian Justin pulls Brian. Justin up mm-hmm. to him, and I love how comfortable he's getting with doing mm-hmm. that and I love how comfortable Justin's getting with this group because nobody was like questioning why Justin Mm-mm. was there you know mm-hmm. um, so I like how he's just kind of slowly starting to fold into their little their little group well so as they're getting their party on and uh, Emmett's trying to get Ted to shake his groove thing 
uh, the, the loft door slides open mm-hmm. and Michael sees this and Michael probably wants to be upset because he says, you told me you were hurt. And then Brian's like, I told you not to come. But it's the way he's, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause here's the thing. Brian knew that Michael, Michael was, was gonna, gonna come. come. He should have just not said anything. Like we were saying, Michael could have waited until he got back mm-hmm. to recap his weekend. Well, Brian could have done the same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> just, and probably should have done the same thing. So just wait until he got back and then said well while you were out here's what happened <laughs> exactly then why didn't you call me and tell me yeah this, this, this would have been the perfect time for brian to be the best best friend mm-hmm. and say listen you were on a romantic weekend i didn't want to bother you and ruin it yeah and everybody else was here you mm-hmm. know mel and Lindsay were here ted and emma were, were here even justin was here i was okay right and <laughs> that would have just sealed the deal even more yeah to just for show, him too. hey I can be okay if you're mm-hmm. not here. You're not the only person who can take care of me. Absolutely. Yeah, but that's not how it went down, of course. <laughs> and so Dr. David sees what's going on here, and he's like, Michael made us rush back, mm-hmm. and then here's Brian dancing around, you know, and I was, if I'm Dr. David, I'm looking at Michael like, what the heck is your problem like you really obsessed so then he leaves out well then melanie follows him outside and this was a good save because last episode she damn near ruined it (laughs) right so she went out to kind of you know try to smooth things over and um yeah because dr david pretty much leaves like i don't have time for this Mm -hmm. i don't do these little silly childish games like he pretty much you know heads out and um so melanie goes out there because she can relate to him like we talked about that last time like brian's kind of like this third party between both of them in their relationship Mm -hmm. yeah her relationship with Lindsay. uh but so she kind of apologizes for brian or on his behalf and uh dr david says well i should just walk away and she's like well you could do that um and then dr david's like what is it about brian that makes michael so loyal and devoted and just hooked on Mm him uh and then she says well they say it's because he'll do anything say anything you know he's no apologies no excuses no regrets mm-hmm. and then dr david says so basically he doesn't care and that's what they're attracted to about him you know well it's the truth though mm-hmm. i feel yeah. like people always want the one that's mean or the yeah. dick you yeah. know or the bitchy female. Yeah. You kind of well, like that. And they both have, for Michael and Lindsay, they both have these kind of complexes. I think for Michael, like we talked about, you know, in his house, he has grew up with a domineering mother. And mm-hmm. so he wasn't necessarily needed in his home. Like love cherished. Absolutely. But like, there was nobody who like needed and depended on him. And so to have Brian be that way, he's like, well, Brian needs me to be there to take care of him. He needs me to drive him home. Like he's depending on me to get him there to do this or whatever. So Michael has that complex. And then for Lindsay, I don't think it's that with her. I think it's, he represents her old life you know that freedom that living in neverland that Uh forever young never grow up and so he's that tie that connection to that life for her Mm -hmm. yeah so even though she's chosen the domestic route she lives vicariously through brian so Mm -hmm. they both have these interesting complexes or whatever and and just living vicariously through brian i think that's the whole click yeah Mm -hmm. i think in some ways yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) in some ways like as much as ted hates to see him pull whoever he wants he sticks by to watch him pull whoever he wants Mm -hmm. Uh, after all of this 
uh, we go to Babylon because, of course, we're at Babylon. <laughs> and Dr. David rolls up in there. And well, because when he was talking to Melanie, he said, you know, other men are good looking. Other men have charm. You know, what is it about Brian? And so I love how Dr. David shows up to Babylon. He's mm-hmm. basically being Brian. Like he's got, you Same know, he's got his guns out, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, cut off shirt, a sleeveless shirt. And then he even walks with him and like sniffs the poppers there, yeah. you know, like. Came in real cool. Yeah. Yeah, very like much like it. Brian. Yeah. And then he pulls Brian away to come dance. And I think Brian's like, okay, where is this going at first? Mm-hmm. You know? And because Dr. Davis dancing with them. And then all of a sudden, there's a shift. And uh, the true the, conversation Yeah, comes the conversation out. gets a little tense. Yeah. But it needs to happen. It did. And it was uh, man to man. Yeah. That's what I respect. Alpha about to it. alpha is what you said. Yeah, yeah. alpha to alpha. Because yeah. Dr. David knows what he wants. Mm-hmm. He is an adult. He's yeah. a grown man. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna address it like a man. Mm-hmm. He's gonna put it all out there, mm-hmm. and he's gonna let you know I'm here to stay. I'm not. I'm yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. And he ultimately tells us why he's doing that. It's not just about trying to win something over Brian. Like he'll ultimately tell us here in just a second what what it's about. Um. But he says like basically saying his whole world revolves around you is what he's mm-hmm. telling Brian. Like he's been wanting you for so long that he in waiting so long that he thinks he's happy. Right. That's what we were talking about earlier where he's been subsisting on crumbs mm-hmm. and then he thinks like that's enough mm-hmm. to feel him. It's like your appetite is so much bigger than that, but you've gotten used to mm-hmm. just this little morsel. Thinking you're uh, fool. Yeah. And then so Brian says, well, you think you know him, but, but you don't like basically I've been his friend for all this time. Well, he's like, and yeah, that's true, Brian, but you still ignore all this other stuff about him, like the fact that he does want to be loved and does want to be... And it's, Brian knows that, but he knows that he's not going to offer it to him. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Anyway, so uh, as this is going on, Michael's l- kind of watching them, kind of like, oh, I don't know what's happening right. over there. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but after Brian says, you don't know him... Dr. David says, but I'd like to, like, mm-hmm. I want to know him, but I can't because you're in the way. And so what I really like is that Dr. David is a man who will fight for Michael, Absolutely. you know, uh, because he does like him, enjoy his company. He does want to be with him. And so I like the fight in him. Because he, he knows Brian isn't going anywhere. Yeah. He know Brian's is trying, Brian is trying to destroy you know, any chance that he has. Yeah. So. Well, and that's what he says. He says, I'm not going away. And he says, I want him even more than you don't want me to have him. Because that's really it. what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's not that Brian wants him. We no, know that. Yeah, it's all. you just don't want anybody else to have him. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you know, give him a chance to be happy. Give him a chance to live his own life. Let him go is what mm-hmm. he says. And that's what everybody like has Lindsay said. has said it. Ted has said it. Emmett has said it. Maybe Debbie didn't say it in this episode, but, no, but she she's said it be- before. Prior. Yeah. And you know, and she those, on it last episode. you know, in those 15 years, she mm-hmm. said it at least once because Debbie don't hold her tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody's been saying that, but it, well, we'll see because we don't know. They just kind of end the episode with this stare down. But we'll see if it finally clicks when a person who is on his level gets in his face and is like, you need to let him go. <laughs> yeah. And I think he has to respect that. Mm-hmm. If it was someone that was beneath him, like, you know, level wise, as in yeah. career, you know, charm, looks, right. and things like that, Brian would dismiss that. Yeah. But I think that he's equally matched. Right. He's going to respect that. And it's an older man stepping up to his friend saying, hey, listen, I care for your friend. Yeah. Let him go. Let him be happy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do him right. Yeah. Know? 
or just give him a chance. Yeah. Like to, it might be even if horrible. it don't work. It might, yeah, <laughs> it might go good. It might go bad. But just give him a chance to see, mm-hmm. you know, how it will go. And so I think part of this, you know, we talked about it's Brian, like this possession thing, but also. Brian likes to kind of keep this entourage around him because he needs that praise. He Mm -hmm. needs that worship. He also needs Michael's loyalty and his support because um, we haven't gotten into Brian's background yet, but we know that he doesn't have a lot of close relationships Mm -hmm. and a lot of people who truly know him because yes, Michael's known him for all this time. And so you pick up on a person's habits and their hangups, mm-hmm. but even he doesn't know everything about Brian because Brian hides so much. A lot. And so I do think that it's like, this is a person who has always supported me, always been there for me. Mm-hmm. Who's always like a fallback plan for me. And so Dr. David poses a threat to that. Right. When it's never been threatened before. Like mm-hmm. Michael's attention has always been on Brian. And so, it's starting to kind of get pulled away. Right. Yeah, like that. Makes him act out. Well, that was just, I mean, it was a good episode. It was a yeah. lot of drama in it, but mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of meaty, good, juicy detail. Yeah. Just, I mean, I loved everything. Just to me, this was a Justin shining moment. Yeah, episode. it really was. And, and Michael I feel, too. And I, yeah, and for Michael too, to see how he's going to go. But what I really love is... You know, there was one episode, I know you were joking, but you said, oh, Justin is on my nerves because it was like, he was beautiful. Oh, he got yeah. this really hot uh-huh. guy. Like, life was just, cl- everything mm-hmm. was coming up Justin Taylor. Yes. You know, life was clicking for him. But then reality sets in eventually. Absolutely. Because this is, the uh, you know, real world. You know, mm-hmm. this is the truth. And so I love that they wrote this show so honest, so raw, so real. And he doesn't just get to live this fantasy. Like we start, like I said, we see the boat starting to rock. You know, it's like, okay, now my, yeah, my mom knows, but now my dad knows Mm -hmm. and my dad is not happy about it to the point to where he could have killed some, uh, somebody over it. And then this issue at school with Chris Hobbs, like, is that going to be a one-off deal? Right. You know, am I going to have to avoid you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, I'm just really interested to see like how, how that's going to work, but yeah, I'm just glad that they put so much real yeah. life in there. It was a lot of good stuff. And on, on, on real life stuff, guys, I just want to let you know, you know, HIV and AIDS is real out here. You guys definitely need to always protect yourself, yeah. whether it's going to be with the prep, you know, using condoms, things like that. Go get tested. Know your status. Yeah. I love that this show was so adamant about that. And they weren't, mm-hmm. it wasn't to the point where it was annoying. They did it in subtle ways. They did it in spoken ways. But it's pretty clear or safe we know that everybody who's having sex is practicing safe sex mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. I believe, I think we said enough for this episode. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it was good. It was a lot to this unpack This one was good. You know, when we first started, I was like, well, there wasn't as much going on in this one. But the few things that were going mm-hmm. on were very important, very uh-huh. deep things. It yeah. Was. All righty, guys. Well, we enjoyed this. And you already know we want you guys to go listen, share, be interactive, leave comments and emails. Please I mean, do. We just love talking to you guys. And we're very grateful to have you guys following and listening to us. And um, until next time, it's been real, guys. And we are out. Bye. Bye.